Welcome to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast that takes you freewheeling down the great internet rabbit hole of trivia. Each week we pick a starting point and then who knows where all the twists, turns and tangents will take us. But we'll be sure to unearth a treasure trove of frivolous facts that will be as fascinating as they are, well, useless. When One Thing Leads to Another is produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. Our theme music is by Justin Mitchell. This is Series 2, Episode 3. The Wall of Death. Do you know what a wall of death is? Yeah, it's when you've got a motorcycle, I think, riding pretty much horizontally around a cylinder. Yeah, it's a carnival sideshow featuring a silo or barrel-shaped wooden cylinder typically ranging from 20 to 36 feet, motorcyclists, drivers of miniature automobiles and tractors. Tractors? Yeah, I know. That's that's obviously one of the more out there. Hell, I'd like to see that. Yeah, held in place by friction and centrifugal force. Oh, OK. The original Wall of Death was in 1911 on Coney Island huh. in the United States. Anyway, we're starting today's episode with the Wall of Death and recently we went to a gig, didn't we? And it was Brooks Williams. He'd written a song and I think he called it Tornado Smith. And it was about this fascinating and eccentric character born in 1908 and he died in 1971 from Suffolk. Yeah. He was called Tornado Smith. He was born George William Smith. And he was the son of the landlord of the White Hart Public House in Boxford. Right, okay. In Suffolk, and he's part of local legend. And he loved the Wall of Death, and so they built a Wall of Death outside the pub, and he would ride it on his motorbike, and all the locals would come outside and watch him ride his motorbike on this Wall of Death. Tremendous entertainment for and, the good people of Suffolk. And what really made me chuckle and, and made the story even more fantastic was that he had two special partners right. that would ride with him. So the first was um, a pretty brunette motorcyclist who rode her own Indian Scout with equal dexterity and appeared under the name of Marjorie Dare. And that was, in fact, his wife. That was Mrs Tornado Smith. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they would ride around together. So that's brilliant. But also, the other partner was a 12-stone lioness called Britain, who um, first introduced in the show as an added attraction, riding on the handlebars when, when she was a little cub, and then later, when she was fully grown, riding in the sidecar. I mean, it's obviously not exciting enough to have a motorcycle travelling at huge speeds in order to maintain the horizontal nature of its course. No, let's get a lion on the damn thing, because yeah. it's just getting a bit boring. Yeah. Back in the days when there were no health and safety officers. Yeah, or TVs or any other form of entertainment by the sounds of it. Or animal cruelty people. Indeed. I wonder, did Britain the lioness enjoy it? Maybe it made her feel like she was galloping through the savannah. Yeah. The wind through, through her a, hair. Through her mane. But she's a lioness. Lioness is Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wrong. Yeah, OK. Fair yeah. enough. Actually, I would have preferred, if I was going to be picky, I'd prefer a male lion because then you get the mane and then you get the wind through the mane. And I think that would have probably looked a bit better than the uh, female lion S. But maybe that's just me. I wouldn't have exactly asked for my money back. <laughs> no, exactly. Imagine going in for a, for a half a mile and you end up um, watching some bloke and his wife and their pet lion on the wall of death. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good night out. So did you know that somebody that you've actually been likened to 
Oh, I. Guy Martin. Oh, you mean physically likened to? Yes. Guy Martin. He's the he's the he's the motorbike guy. He is. Yeah. He set the world record for the Wall of Death in 2016. So he holds the record for the fastest speed travelled on a Wall of Death. Is that right? Yeah, I imagine that would be what the record is. Yes, oh, okay. I can't imagine what another record would be. What the longest? It could be can, the long. It could you do can it for the stay longest on it time without vomiting, without losing your mind, or needing a wee. I'd like to know what the minimum speed would be to in order to be able to maintain a horizontal uh, trajectory. We might have to know a little bit about physics, perhaps. Oh, well, you can forget that. Yeah. So Guy Martin has set the world record for the Wall of Death in 2016. Well done, Guy Martin. Did you know that by late 2011, he had accrued 21 penalty points on his standard UK driving licence, having been caught speeding several times in his Ford Transit van? <laughs> How do you get to 21 penalty points? Because I yes. thought the ma you maxed out on 12. Uh, you max out on 18, apparently. Oh. He avoided a driving ban when on 18 points, being given another three in lieu of a ban after the judge showed leniency due to the effect it would have on his livelihood had he lost it. Oh, I see. OK. And after a period of driving like a saint, he was expected to have regained a clean record by April 2015. Wow, four years later. I went off in another little mini tangent as well, which you might be interested to hear about. Go on. Um, about driving licences. Oh, I. Um, so driver registration was introduced in 1903. Right. With the Motor Car Act. And competency tests weren't introduced until 1935. <laughs> <laughs> so 30 years went by yeah, where literally anyone could drive, regardless of whether they could see, whether they could drive... Um, the only person in the United Kingdom who is not required to have a driving licence in oh, order to drive, the king. Wow, yeah. OK. Yeah. That's R ridiculous. That is both archaic and ridiculous. Yeah. He probably doesn't drive, does he? Although he probably does. If he, I imagine if he's up in Balmoral and he's driving... He's got his, he's he's got got his, his Jeep. Land Rover and he to go around shooting his stags and stuff. Yeah. He's gonna, he probably does drive, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, talking of driving violations mm. of the law, mm. um, I had a little uh, googlage of famous driving ban celebs. Oh. I thought okay. I'd go down that road, mm. if you'll pardon the pun. Uh. And uh, one that came up was Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, Kiefer. Like naughty Kiefer. boy, naughty boy. He was actually jailed for 48 days oh. for a second drink driving oh. offence in 2007. The thing I didn't know about Kiefer Sutherland is what uh, nationality would you say he was? Well, I would say American, but I'm guessing he's not American. You're guessing correctly. Yeah, I would have said American, but he's actually British-Canadian. He was born in Paddington Aww. in old London town. Two Canadian parents, obviously we all Donald. know Donald, and uh, his mum is Shirley. Yeah, they were living and working in London at the time. Um, and mm. Kiefer has a twin sister, Rachel. Oh, a twin. Yeah, yeah. And his maternal grandfather right, was Scottish-born Canadian politician and former Premier of Saskatchewan, a bloke called Tommy Douglas. Mm. And Tommy Douglas is widely credited for bringing universal health care to Canada. Oh, wow. Well, that's pretty big. So he's the sort of Nye Bevan of yeah. Canada. Yeah. And uh, Kiefer was named after American-born writer and director Warren Kiefer. Oh, so it's a surname, yeah, because so, it's an unusual name, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, Warren Kiefer directed Donald Sutherland in his first feature film. Oh. Uh, and the first feature film was Castle of the Living Dead. 
Oh, right. OK. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a nice tribute to him, isn't it? He yeah. must have enjoyed, he must have got on with him. Yeah, Castle of the Living Dead. I thought I'd have a little look into that. That film featured a character called Count Drago, and mm. you won't be shocked to learn, was played by Christopher Lee. Oh, OK. And we've got quite an interesting story about Christopher Lee, haven't we? Because we live in Whitstable here in yeah. Kent, and Peter Cushing mm-hmm. lived here for a good number of years Mm. and uh, we were talking to John down the record shop and he said that um, many years ago he looked up from whatever he was doing and in walked Peter Cushing and his mate Christopher Lee to thumb through the records. Yeah, they were good pals, weren't they? (laughs) I'd have been terrified. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of Christopher Lee, um, apart from playing Dracula in many films, as we all know, Mm. one of his notable roles also very famously, was Scaramanga. Yes. In The Man with the the Golden Gun, Yeah, of course. I once went to a fancy dress party, a James Bond fancy dress party, where everybody had to dress up as a character from a James Bond film. Oh, I. And somebody was there in a suit, when you think, oh, James Bond, but then when he turned around, he had a fake naked bottom, which he'd sprayed gold. And we were all thinking, what on earth is that? Who are you? And he said, I'm the man with the golden bomb. Staying with Christopher Lee, did you know that uh, his parents separated when he was four Mm. and his mother went on to marry a bloke called Harcourt George St. Croix Rose and he was a banker and, more interestingly, an uncle to Ian Fleming. Oh, flipping heck. So he ended up being a sort of step-cousin to Ian Fleming who wrote the Bond books. And I thought this was really interesting. Mm. In 1939, Christopher Lee, at the age of 17, he was sent to the French Riviera where his sister was on holiday with friends after his stepfather had gone bankrupt. And on his way, he stopped briefly in Paris where he witnessed, check this out, the final public guillotine-based execution in the country. Oh, wow, in 1939. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, they were still beheading people. In 1939, can you believe it? And the uh, the guy who was executed was a guy called Eugene Weedman. Right. If I've, if I've pronounced that right. And he was a pretty nasty serial killer. And the, quote, hysterical behaviour, unquote, by spectators was so scandalous that President Albert Le Brun immediately banned all future public executions. Oh, right. So executions continued, but just not in public. That is exactly right. right. And the last actual execution was, do you know, it was 1977. Oh, wow. People were still being beheaded when we were alive. I know, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And nearly half a century later, coincidentally, Christopher Lee portrayed headsman Charles-Henri Sanson in a 1989 French TV drama about the French Revolution in which the character makes prolific use of the guillotine. Wow. Uh, I wonder if the director said, uh, you know, uh, channel what you saw in 1939. I've got some interesting facts about another Christopher Lee film, actually. Right. Um, The Wicker Man. Oh, yeah, OK. Did you know that Christopher Lee was so keen to get the film made right. and the budget was so small that he gave his services for free? Oh, wow. Yeah. And he later called the film the best 
he had ever made. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you know at the end when the people of Summer Isle are watching the Wicker Man burn and they sing the Middle English folk song, Summer is a coming in. Da, spoiler da, alert, da, spoiler da, alert. Da, da, da. I do. Yeah, the song basically means summer has arrived. It's also known as the Cuckoo Song. Do you recognise the tune? Summer is a coming in. Da, 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 is that, that sounds a bit like the Bagpuss. The, um... Well, yes. The Mice... Yeah. In Bagpuss, sing, sing a version of it. Yeah, it's the mending song. We will find it, we will bind it, we will stick it with glue, glue, glue. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of Bagpuss. Used to tune in every time that was on. Yes, well, I was as well, yeah. Um, I love the fact I've, we've gone from Christopher Lee to Bagpuss. We've gone from evil, sinister to... Uh, fat and furry. Fat and furry. Um, dare we mention here that Justin who plays our theme music oh, on yes. When One Thing Leads to Another. His partner, <laughs> Emily, yeah. is the, the Emily. Emily from Bagpuss, as it was her father, Peter Furman, who created it. That's right. And I think we also knew that his production company, Small Films, also made The Clangers. Yeah, I love The Clangers. But did you know that he also co-created Basil Brush? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, one of my personal childhood favourites, Basil Brush. Wow. Yeah, he co-created it. Yeah, the original Basil Brush glove puppet was designed by Peter Furman in 1962 for an ITV television series and it was voiced and performed by Ivan Owen until his death in October 2000. Okay. Yeah, and Ivan Owen took great care to ensure that he personally never received any publicity. Okay. Professionally, only Basil had a public persona with Owen himself remaining entirely unknown. Oh, wow, that's good. Yeah, and this helped give the character believability, making Basil appear to be real. Yeah. And Owen modelled Basil's voice on the actor Terry Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, did he? Yes, giving the puppet a touch of well-cultivated class. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And on the 10th of December, 2005... Basil appeared on The Weakest Link. Did he? And he won. He won. This makes him the first puppet to win The Weakest Link. Well, whoever has got their hand up Basil's whatevers, um, they're obviously pretty switched on pretty bright. Yeah. Well done, Basil. Roland Rat had previously appeared as a puppet <laughs> contestant, but he didn't win. He's not of the same calibre as Basil Brush, is he? No, ba- you can imagine that Basil went to a rather better school than old Roland Rat. <laughs> Other famous foxes. Oh, yeah. Can you think of any? Um, yeah, well, you've got the fantastic Mr Fox, which we watched uh, not so long ago. That is a brilliant film. That, I don't know how that passed me by. I know, it's great, isn't it? Um, other famous foxes. Put me out of my misery. Well, the one I was thinking about was um, Disney's Robin Hood. Oh, yes. He's portrayed as a fox. Um, a couple of interesting things for me. Yeah. About that film. Go on. I just mentioned that Basil Brush's voice was modelled on the voice of the actor Terry Thomas. Yeah. Well, Terry pops up again as he voices Sir Hiss in that film. You know the snake? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's Terry, Terry Thomas. That's Terry Thomas. Well, I never knew that. Also, I didn't know that Alan Adale, you know, the rooster minstrel who essentially narrates the film. Oh, that's right. And he goes around with a banjo or something, doesn't he? Well, he is voiced by Roger Miller that sang King of the Road. Trailer for Sailor Rent. 
rooms to rent 50 Man of means by no means King of the road Another song he sang was called Engine Engine Number Nine. Engine Engine Number Nine. It's most famously quoted in rap duo Black Sheep's song, The Choice Is Yours. Engine Engine Number Nine. One of the most underrated rap songs of the early 90s. Okay. Um, and that itself was sampled for the 2003 UK number one hit, Be Faithful, by Fat Man Scoop. The song has been a favourite in clubs around the world um, for years, but it took two years to clear the samples in that song oh, right. from Jay-Z, Black Sheep, Queen Pen, The Beat Nuts and Faith Evans. Well, wow, that's yeah. a lot of paperwork. Did you know that Fat Man Scoop also has his own ice cream parlour? <laughs> <laughs> well, what came first? Is that why he's called Fat Man Scoop? Here you go. Fat Man Scoop reveals that he received his stage name when he was a baby. So the name came first. Wow. Yeah, he got it from his uncle Jack, who would call him Fat Man Scoop because he loved to eat ice cream. Right, just backing up a little bit for a second, if mm. I may. We were talking about how Roger Miller played the part of the rooster in Robin Hood and sang a song called Engine Number no. 9, yeah. which was then used. Yeah, in the Fat Man Scoop song and Black Sheep song. That's it. I thought I would delve into the world of samples. Now, do you know what the most used sample in recording history is? Most sampled The most sampled song. record, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, I've got no idea. It's a track called Amen, Brother, by a group called The Winstons in 1969. Okay. It's a seven-second drum break. <laughs> And it's known as the Amen Break. Okay. And it became popular with American hip-hop producers and then British jungle producers in the early uh, 90s. Okay. Yeah, and according to the website Who Sampled, Amen Brother appears in more than 5,000 tracks. That's wow. as of 2021. And now taking your sampling theme, I want to talk about mashups. Yeah, okay. We're big fans of mashups, aren't we? I love a good mashup. Yeah. yeah. The 1967 Harry Nielsen album, Pandemonium Shadow Show, right. features what is nominally a cover of the Beatles' You Can't Do That. Right. Nielsen mashes his own vocal recreations of more than a dozen Beatles songs into this track. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I like it. It is. It's very creative. Nielsen conceived the combining of many overlaying songs into one track after he played a chord on his guitar and realised how many Beatles songs it could apply to. Brilliant. This recording has led some to describe Harry Nielsen as the inventor of the mashup. I love it. You've got James Brown, the godfather of soul. You've got Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul. And now you've got Harry Nielsen, the mother of the mashup. <laughs> Thank you for listening to When One Thing Leads to Another, a podcast produced and presented by us, Helen and Bill Rich. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please rate and review us on wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, and that way you'll never miss an episode. 
A massive thank you to Justin Mitchell for letting us use his music as our theme song. It's a track called Homo Erectus, taken from his fantastical album called The Garden of Earthly Delights, which is available to buy from bandcamp.com. Thanks also to Acast for hosting us. Join us next week for another episode of When One Thing Leads to Another. Please note that all facts have been found on the internet and therefore we cannot vouch for their veracity. Mm-hmm.